You're listening to Car Free Midwest. We're a podcast based in Omaha, Nebraska, exploring the stories, barriers, and joys of getting around without a car. Our goal is to build a community around more transportation equity and less car dependency. I'm Sarah Johnson. And I'm Joshua LaBure. And And this this is Car Free Midwest. West. Mid-South. We were just saying that we wanted to bring on some folks from another community to talk about the cool stuff that's happening up north. Um, Super interested in worker owned, democratically run, co-op situation. Um, So yeah, we are chatting with folks from the hub today. Usually what we do is start with a little intro. So um, Lisa, since I've known you for a long time, we'll put you on the spot, friend. Introduce yourself. Cool. Um, I'm Lisa Olson. Uh, I use she and they pronouns, and I currently am a part owner of the hub bike co-op in minneapolis um i was born in omaha um i bur- bought my first surly cross there johnson uh right after i graduated college in 2012 and i'm still riding that bike uh nice one it's, it's too big for me i've tried everything i can to make it work and i love it but i have other bikes that are a bit more comfortable reasonable. <laughs> it's that beef gravy brown one right yeah. Yeah. You're so lucky. Early. I never yeah. even got to go into OBC before Sarah closed because I'm from Denver originally. It was <laughs> our, it was pre-OBC. It was actually before, I mean, obviously yep. before I went to fit school, if I'm selling you the wrong size bikes like a jerk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was bike shop that I don't even like to say the name out loud, so I'm not going to. But yeah, it was before OBC. Um yeah. It was I'm the Harley here. Davidson bike shop, wasn't it? yeah that's it uh good okay cool lisa you're the best kp who are you uh kp my pronouns are they them um i'm a uh a, also a co-owner at the hub in minneapolis um i've been here about three and a half years uh what do i do i'm i'm one of the 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 buyers here so i get to have all kinds of fun with anything that's not a bike um which is a surprisingly large amount of things (laughs) (laughs) nice and so the hub has two locations both in minneapolis right yeah and i think i just saw something about a 20-year anniversary party so y'all have been around for a couple of decades now that's exciting um i don't believe that i mean we just heard neither of you have been there since the inception but what uh do you know a little bit of the origin story of the hub that you could share with us um yeah uh so the hub was uh officially 2002 um by three people um and they, I believe, I don't know, I'm not them. I don't know exactly what happened, but um, they were involved in this other really cool uh, organization, like a collective in Minneapolis called the Grease Pit, um, which is really, really cool, um, like shop, a bunch of current like hubsters. Yeah, a, a big focus that we always had on was education, teaching people how to fix their bike and be more empowered. Um, we really believe in repair and like sturdy bikes that you're going to ride every day. Um, our or demographic, we, I mean, our motto is all types of bikes, all types of people. So we really do try to do everything we can to help people who are just trying to get around on their bikes. 
Yeah, the hub is awesome. Um, I've known about it for like maybe like 13 years. Um, one of my uh, good friends, old coworkers, Brian, showed me the hub. Um, we were shopping in like the used parts section and um, overhauling a bottom bracket. I had just gone to UBI for a QBP scholarship and that was really cool. Um, and yeah, I was just getting into mechanics um, when I stopped into the hub and it was an awesome place to saw people who looked like me, like queer, helpful, non-assuming, just not like your typical race head. Like I'm a race head now, kind of, I don't know what race head is, but it, uh, uh, I really like riding my bike super fast and, um, uh, but I also do it mostly for utility. Um, I've uh, got places to be and bikes are cheaper and less stressful than cars. I have a car, I drive it too much, mostly when I'm driving back and forth between our two bike shop locations, um, but that's just an excuse. Um, <laughs> I have equipment capable to carry like all sorts of things on my bike. Um, got a dog trailer that carries my dog or I can carry full bikes on it. Um, small humans. I don't know what the weight capacity is, but yeah. Yeah, well, so my personal like story towards the hub is a really depressing one. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'll share it and hopefully it's not uh, gonna be a downer for the rest of you. Um, when, uh, so I started cycling when I was uh, pretty, pretty young because um, I, it was the way I could get around um, <clears throat> without like needing to rely on, on parents because um, after I, I came out, biking was basically my, my way of uh, having independence. And then um, eventually I went abroad and uh, was crazy, sold everything I owned, uh, except for what I could fit into a backpack and uh, shipped a fixed gear foodie uh, overseas and then proceeded to ride around the Middle East and Europe for two and a half years. Um, and then uh, my fiance, who is Israeli, uh, biked with me everywhere also and uh one of the times when I was on a visa run um and she couldn't come with uh she was out riding in the middle of the night in Israel and got hit by a car and then passed away um and then I ended up having to come back to the United States and the thing that kept me sane was getting a job at the hub uh and just getting to be uh, to like show that kind of joy and passion uh, for getting around and and um, yeah, just just sharing like the importance of safety and doing it. Um, if uh, if my fiance had had a better helmet, maybe we would be having a different story right now. So that that's the kind of stuff that 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 brought me here. Uh, but the reason I found out about the hub uh, is because of um, it frequently made the top list of queer places, uh, queer friendly places um, 
And it was the only shop, like I, I did a tour of every shop in the Twin Cities that I could find. And it was the only one where people uh, treated me like I knew what I was talking about or that I could possibly know <laughs> a thing um, instead of that kind of cold shoulder that I would get in most other places. Uh, so that was why I was like, screw it. Mental health is awesome. And being around cool people is all I want. And then uh, the hub was, yeah, basically the thing that that kept me going for for a long time. And still to this day is like the best thing ever. So, Wow, that is really heavy. And I'm, I can't imagine. I'm sorry. And I'm excited that it brought you to the hub. I mean, that is that is, I think the thing that I have continued to find the most exciting about bike shop is just like the people. That's why I've done the, the things that I've done for so long, but wow, that is he safety is yeah. Something that I guess we really can't emphasize enough of. And that's, that's part of what we try to do with like the education and the information that we try to share here is that ye, there's just a lot to it, but, um, yeah, I'm just sorry. And now I'm, I have no more words except for God, what a freaking nightmare of a loss i'm sorry about that um and so that was you said that was about three and a half four years ago that you started working at the hub yeah cool yeah i um i feel like the the experience that you mentioned with like going shop to shop and just kind of feeling out how you're being treated there is something that i think probably a few of us have done um you know and it's it's actually part of the reason that I also started my own shop because I was just like, oh, wow, it's like super racer bro-y everywhere. I don't really feel like I want to be ignored entirely or sold something pink if I go into a shop, which was like kind of uh, some of my experience as well. So I'm glad you found yeah. a, a crew of delightful humans to hang out with and work with. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's just such a beautiful thing that you're able to find that community and stuff. Right. Yeah, thank you again. And it's awesome yeah. to hear that there's a bike shop that, that provided that because, I mean, I still never really found a bike shop that provided me any type of community, really. Um, <laughs> and yeah. OBC was closed before I moved to Omaha, so maybe that would have been it for me. But um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I don't know. It, it is really cool to hear that, that the hub provides that type of community for people and that makes people feel seen and makes people feel comfortable to get on a bike. Cause I think that's just so needed just to, I mean, for so many things for mental health for relationships, for community, for um, also just like getting people out of fucking cars and, you know, saving yeah. the planet. <laughs> I mean, to make it even like more dramatic, um, I grew up, my, my dad had a consulting company in oil and gas. So like everything that he earned in my later years, uh, which was a decent amount, um, it is all like, feels like blood money in some way, you know? Um, and so like, there's, there's some kind of balance to be like, but you can ride a bike. <laughs> Please. I love the juxtaposition between like, oil baron which you know whatever and then yeah. like worker freaking owned co-op bike yeah. human that's a good you're yeah. right balance is what it's all about <laughs> that actually makes me want to jump in that a little bit because you both mentioned that you're co-owners um i'm curious to talk more about the ownership structure of um of the hub because 
I am passionate about bicycles. I'm passionate about uh, getting people on bikes and getting people out of cars, but I'm also very passionate about different forms of economy because, you know, I consider myself an anti-capitalist and I think that workers should own their own labor. And, uh, and whenever I saw that y'all were worker owned and I've noticed there's quite a few worker owned uh, businesses in Minneapolis, which is something I have not experienced in Denver and I have not experienced in Omaha at all. Um, so I'm just kind of curious to talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of different types of cooperatives out there and like if type businesses, there's a lot of different structures. Like we're not, we don't have public buy-in. Um, we don't have a board who makes decisions for us. We like everyone who works at the hub has this, has a say in, honestly most of the decisions um big financial and like certain types of hiring decisions are made solely by like the worker owner group um basically things that affect affect the budget um and uh like extra spending like gets overall approved but like there's a marketing budget that's separate there's a service budget that's separate it's a really 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 well organized bike shop sometimes too well organized um we're cooperative we're people we have a lot of differing opinions um of like what to do with this business's money but we are a business in a capitalist society we gotta make a living wage um i think the hub does try to do that really well um minneapolis is for what is provided by the city other than i mean there's a lot of things that are shit um because cops and politics is just yeah like people people are people um and uh the hubs structure i think allows for um flexibility with like how to run a business because we are the ones making all of those decisions no no everyone who's working there has a lot at stake and i think we do our best to try to take care of each other and we're pretty involved in the community um our neighborhood is really walkable um or bikeable we're right next to a light rail station which light rail going all the way across the city there's a lot of places it doesn't go um but having it is so 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 nice um and yeah, when I moved to Minneapolis, I from Nebraska, I sold my car and I have one again, but I didn't have one for like 10 years and it was great. Um, and it was totally doable here. Um, I have all my families back in Nebraska, lived in Kansas City for a bit. Um, and yeah, when I moved basically from Kansas City back to Minnesota by way of Omaha again, I sold my car and lived a really great life all through my 20s and beginning of my 30s without a car. Um, and it was really nice. Um, Not to put you on the spot about why you bought a car, but did I think you were saying it's to to kind of facilitate transport between the two hub locations. Is that it, what pushed you? Yeah. Cool. That's fair. I, you know, or that, we share cars. It's all, there's no judgment here. Yeah. Sarah and I, Sarah and I are both in one car households. So, I mean, we still have access to cars, but, um, but I would definitely like to hear the stories on why people do buy a car. Uh, cause I, I definitely did the no car for a long time until I got started dating my wife. Uh, 
and she had a car. And so that's basically why I ended up having a car. But when I moved to Omaha, we switched to being a two-car household again. And then that lasted about a year. And I was like, I can't do this. I feel way too lazy. I'm never riding my bike or anything. I feel like, Lisa, you are particularly well uh, suited to answer this next question. Josh and I were kind of chatting before y'all hopped on about how, you know, Minneapolis pretty consistently is like rated up at the very top of like bike-friendly cities in the country. And from, you know, Omaha's, our perspective is like, oh my gosh, yeah, aside from like light rail, which I think does probably play into how well you can get around a city without a car for sure. Um, What is it like on a bike, you know, comparing your kind of experience as a person on a bike in Omaha um, to your experience as a person on a bike in Minneapolis? Mm -hmm. Um, Both of the cities are laid out very differently. Minneapolis is so much bigger. It has lots of pockets that feel like the suburbs around um Minneapolis are set up similarly to how Omaha is as a whole I think part of that is just like they were developed in similar timelines um in like in history um and thrived really well and I don't know but both places are really sprawling um I am from Fremont originally so biking around in a smaller town um like I did commute to my job I didn't commute to school that much which is weird because I lived like I always had my bike growing up but my parents just dropped me off at school when I was little or I like got driven to my friend's house and then we drove together like half a mile further like it was ridiculous how just like a part of our lives cars were um and my mom and I would drive to Omaha like a half hour every weekend mostly or a lot of weekends just like I don't know hang out go shopping visit other family or like she worked in Omaha so she had a 35 minute commute to um yeah to a hospital in northeast and so I got comfortable being there um and then uh but yeah always had a bike growing up um biggest and yeah it was different in a small town whereas in the city Omaha is really hilly Minneapolis is pretty flat St. Paul has some hills. We're both, both cities are like right by rivers, um, but different rivers. So that makes a big difference. Um, uh, there's just there's a lot more people in Omaha or in Minneapolis. So I think like you see a lot of people getting around by bike because they're, it's much more densely populated. Um, but yeah, wide streets bike lanes a lot more snow plows so year round um people are getting around any way they can a lot of times it's faster even though it's a bigger city it's faster to get around by bike um it's way cheaper to park by bike um bike theft is rampant though it's pretty disgusting (laughs) um so yeah we have two locations i work at our um for the most part at our shop on the university of minnesota campus and college campus bike thefts are just daily nonstop. um it's really frustrating um it's a big bummer uh you see a lot of heartbreak it's hard to get cheap bikes these days also like i don't know they exist they're around they're really around um and it's hard to feel like we are in a in an industry that 
it is always changing and has all this new equipment, but it costs so much to make that equipment when it's act, they're actually like really durable, like machines. Um, and our bodies are also durable machines, but not always. Um, and so like mobility is accessibility is also really important and something that bikes can totally provide, but it's not always there. One big difference I've noticed, especially between living in Minneapolis and in Kansas city, um, and Omaha also, uh, but Minneapolis has a lot more sidewalks than any other city I've lived in. Um, or like even Seattle, like Seattle's really hilly. There are not a lot of sidewalks and people are just walking in these like super narrow streets or yeah, I don't know. Um, Seattle's a lot more cramped than Minneapolis also. Um, uh, but yeah, I think those are the biggest differences between like Omaha and Minneapolis in terms of getting around. Do you feel like just culturally, like, I guess one of my questions is kind of just that visceral almost feeling you get when you're riding in traffic or, you know, maybe there's enough bike infrastructure. They're not really riding in traffic as much in Minneapolis, but I just feel like there's sort of like a hostility on the road sometimes in Omaha. And I'm just wondering, does that feel different in Minneapolis? Like, is the culture such that it's just like so normalized to see people on bikes that it doesn't like create this unbelievable rage in drivers? Cause I feel like sometimes that's the vibe in Omaha. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's definitely road rage here. A lot of just car on car too. Like cars just make you feel angry. Like I feel a noticeable difference in my body. I have relatively low blood pressure and I'm a pretty chill person overall, but when I'm driving, I'm so much more stressed out than when I'm biking, even if I'm in like an aggressive mood when I'm biking. Like I was saying before, I like to bike fast. Um, I bike hard around the city. I can take more leisurely routes that uh, I wouldn't have to stop at as many stop signs or interact with as many cars, but I'm usually running late. So I, uh, I just am riding as fast as I can, zipping through neighborhoods, just like zigzagging, um, which is really fun to do in Minneapolis. Um, and uh, yeah, just like, it's a lot less stressful when I'm on my bike first and like in also in a space that like being on my bike is puts me in a more vulnerable position uh, because there are these like giant vehicles that are hurtling towards you and you don't know if you should, if you can trust this other person to stop or see you. Um, but it definitely, yeah, I don't know if it's because like there's a big number of, I don't know what it is. Um, there's definitely that like, I've had bad interactions with people on the road here. Um, I guess I didn't commute in Omaha that much, just got around mostly like recreationally for the most part. KP, it sounds like you've ridden your bike all over the world too. I'm curious to hear some of your experiences on like where some of your favorite places to ride were and how it compares with where you live now. Oh man, um, I loved riding in Tel Aviv. Um, that was quite the experience there's almost and the the amount of anger in drivers in israel is uh is insane uh compared to the u.s but there's also just like is a giant population in a very very small area there um so you are literally weaving it's like 
it's like New York City, right? While you're riding around. But it was so much fun, man. Like, you know, you're just like dodging through all this stuff and you're just watching these people get, because uh, the public transit there was just non-existent. Um, and they're all just like trying to get onto the one highway or, uh, you know, through the this maze of tiny little streets in these century old you know hundreds thousands of year old buildings uh definitely not designed for cars um and so uh, just being along a beach all the time and riding that's beautiful but um next to that would have been germany uh so berlin uh especially in the winter time because the infrastructure there is so nice it you're literally like on a bike highway pretty much the whole time uh and it runs right alongside the road but it's not with traffic you know um that was probably the the coolest thing i, I didn't get a chance to go to uh amsterdam uh and ride but i did walk around there and that seems like that would have been fun to ride in but but not quite as much flow as you get uh because it's so tight and and so many people do ride that you can't really like just open speed through things the way that you could in Berlin. Um, uh, and then obviously that's Swiss Alps. Like if you ever want your legs to burn, go try that on a fixed gear. But, um, <laughs> but that was just so gorgeous. Like you don't even care that you're dying physically or <laughs> to get up <laughs> or down for that matter. Um, but honestly, uh, St. Paul is still up there for one of my favorite places to ride. Um, and it's kind of a mix of all of the things that I just said were my favorites of each of the other locations. Uh, but it's so calm there. But there's just like, even just crossing over the river between the, the buzz of Minneapolis and this just like, you talk about a blood pressure drop. Uh, that's what St. Paul is. So um, getting to hop around in, in those beautiful buildings and and, and weaving through traffic down there is, um, especially in like the lower town area, that's really fun. Um, yeah, and the neighborhoods in, in Minneapolis are fun to, to ride around in, but but nothing's nothing's quite like going through like Lilydale, which is um, a pretty pretty like well covered uh, foresty kind of right along the river trail. Um, I think uh, yeah, that would that one's still one of my favorite trails ever to ride so that's super exciting to hear thank you for the worldwide tour you just gave us that is like <laughs> makes me want to go to there uh but realistically my uh partner and i we are actually going to be moving to saint paul in the spring and that whole like feeling your blood pressure drop as you cross the bridge is like um one of my actually i have another couple of friends that i met through the bike shop because uh one is a trans man who was not comfortable talking to most shops about bike fit and they knew they could trust me. So that's good, good friends to this day. They describe St. Paul as quieter, kinder, and greener than Minneapolis. And I was like, oh, my heart, that is what I need. So it's, it's cool to hear that there's great riding there. And yeah, that whole blood pressure brought, that's what I'm looking for. My wife huh. and I are actually moving randomly. Just kind of, it happened that we decided we want to move to the Twin Cities 
in the spring as well. Me and my, so I think we're moving in the spring as well, but we haven't decided which side of the river yet. Exciting times. There's a, like a whole Omaha contingency that's like vacating. Yeah, actually north. it's really funny. One of this guy that used to own a vegan restaurant here called Fomaha, uh, me and my wife and a couple of friends were just in Minneapolis the other week and we were going to Irby's fried chicken and we ran into him. Uh, his name is Mick. We ran into him and his partner outside of Irby's and they were looking at apartments <laughs> and they just signed on one and they moved there too. <laughs> That's wild. That's good. I'm, I think a lot of people are just kind of like, I don't know, sick of Omaha, but we're not focusing on that today. We are looking at the good things that are happening up North. Um, this is going to wow. be the first yeah. episode in a while. that isn't like just full on trashing Omaha for an hour. <laughs> I know it's, it's delightful. I'm very excited. Cause that's like part of this, right? Like it's, I feel like it's easy for me specifically because I've been like trying to push Omaha to become bike friendly for like literally 13 years since I moved back here from Colorado and it's just not happening. Like it's, it's not, but part of what I think the concept with this podcast is like showing people that it does exist and it is possible and it is delightful. It's not just like something that's like, Oh, I guess I can do this thing and save myself some money. It's like, I got into riding bikes because well, I found a hundred dollar bike on a poster back in the day before the internet was a thing. And you not before the internet was a thing, but that's where everyone buy feel like buys bikes now or used bikes, uh, found a poster, bought a hundred dollar bike. It turned out it was like a specialized stump jumper S works from like yeah. the early nineties. Yeah. It was real cool. I yeah. sold it. It didn't fit me. I should have kept it anyway, but, um, yeah. And then the mental health piece. I mean, I just, st- well, that's what I'm struggling with so much right now. I've got some health stuff that seemingly never is going to end. I've been riding an electric bike for health reasons for golly five years now, uh, which like has felt really like an interesting, um, yeah, I didn't, I used to like race 24 hour races and mountain bikes and would ride everywhere and pull my 85 pound dog to the old bike shop without, you know, like without a motor. And now I cannot even fathom doing any of it without a motor, but, uh, it's fine. But I think that the, the, just like the joy factor is something that I, I don't want to always just get bogged down on what Omaha's doing wrong, but just like the places that they're doing it right. And then the, like the joy and the multifaceted benefits that there are to riding so I'm I'm happy that we're touching on some more of that today. Yo, one of my favorite studies ever um, did, a, a, I think it was even the U of M transit uh, that went through and they did like, they compared different ways of commuting to work. And by far and away, people who cycle are like in every category, happier, healthier, like it, just across the board and people who drive hate life right it's like the difference between an android and a blackberry owner right (laughs) (laughs) excellent analogy but yeah no i think that that's that is beautiful when the the like the actual studies and the data back up what we all know to be true so yeah that is that is exciting speaking of uh you know, riding around the world and me and Sarah also probably moving over there. You know, the first thing people say whenever you tell them you're thinking of moving to the Twin Cities is, but the winters are so bad. So let's talk about cycling in the winter and in, in, in the Twin Cities realistically, you know, because I think people just have like a hyperbolic view of it because I don't know. I lived in Denver. I've ri- I didn't own a car for 10 years. I ha- I rode my bike in the snow and I rode my bike in snowstorms and in all kinds of different weather. And I, I didn't die. I was fine. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of year-round bike commuters here. Um, also, the light rail and bus system makes it so much uh, more accessible to get around, um, especially in the winter. Um, going, um, do, do, do. you can put a couple bikes on a bus at a time. You can put many bikes on the light rail at a time. Um, just bring them on. And uh but you can't put fat tire bikes on the buses. Uh, the wheels are too big. Um, it can only take like a 26 by 2.3 or something like that. Um, so that's one not super accessible thing. Um, but there are, um, yeah, year round um, throws to a tire on or not, or there's bike messengers who ride around with like, 25c to sell a tires um and just cut through the snow um yeah people are yeah, doing when, it when i was living in denver and when i was riding through the winters like uh all the time i mean i was on a track bike with 23 25s you know and i i fell a couple times but it wasn't like all the time it is nice and padded when you're falling in a winter coat <laughs> um yeah layers are a big thing about uh biking um, in the winter, just like they are any time of year. Um, I have really poor circulation in those um, um, pogies or just like the really make a huge difference. And that's honestly the biggest. Once I get moving on my bike in the winter, even if it's like negative 20, seriously, once I'm moving, fine. Um, you don't want to sweat, but yeah, just moving around, uh, like seasonal depression, also really big and real. And people talk about it here, which is nice. Um, but it also, winters do suck. It's beautiful, but it sucks. It's a lot of gray for a long time. Um, and, uh, but biking in the winter is magical. Um, biking on a fur in the winter is so, so, so cool. There's like those highways that that open up across the lakes uh, that you can just bike on now because you got you know 12 feet of ice uh, underneath you, and so you you got accessibility to like uh, areas of of the Twin Cities that you couldn't get to in the summer in the same way, right? Um, and that's really fun. And they also do all kinds of like cool events out on the ice that you can go ride to and then enjoy like arts or um, I've even seen concerts in the middle of lakes before. So like there's things to, to make up for and like a special magic about uh, riding in that time. Uh, but, you know, layers, obviously, but also the materials, like the things that are closest to your body better be wool or silk. Um, and if it's not some kind of like performance material like that, uh, cotton is the worst thing ever in the winter. Um, you will hate life if you try to ride in cotton. Um, even in the summertime, don't do it. Like, just don't. That's bad for you. Um, <laughs> it's way too sweaty. Um, so yeah i think that's like the thing that you do have to be conscious about the most um you know, your hands your toes uh and your face keep those things covered uh and then who cares if it's negative 60 um because as soon as you're moving it doesn't matter anymore 
Awesome. I have a friend who used to live in St. Paul and um, he said that actually it's easier to get around and he, he doesn't, he, I don't think, I know he rides, but I don't think he was like riding year round, but he was just saying, even in a car, the roads up there are maintained so well that it's not like, oh no, it's winter. It's going to be difficult to get around because they're prepared for it because of course it's the winters are long. And so you better have the right equipment to get those roads cleared off and trails and everything else. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of interesting that while yes, there's a lot of snow since there is always a lot of snow, the cities are prepared. So that's, that's kind of just an interesting the one thing though, that does get dicey and it's a very like limited number of times where this happens, but it, it'll get so icy everywhere um that if you don't have studs you you can't walk even like uh you would be better off putting skates on um and and literally i have skated to work before um which is <laughs> we need to do an episode on ice skating to work yeah there that's one car free midwest topic we have not covered okay people invite back sorry go ahead yeah but there's uh like one of the best ever um uh like little video clips that I've ever seen of winter in the Twin Cities was some guy in White Bear uh who had put on his skates and was like the wife said I needed to go get eggs so he started skating down the highway he's watching like all these cars just off into the ditch and he's just going and he's got a little video he's like got my eggs and he's going <laughs> that's so good Oh, winter's up there. Yeah, I feel like that's the other thing, I guess. I'm, I'm glad to hear that there's, I didn't really think about the whole, you can access different parts of the cities when it's winter because you just ride across a lake. But I am glad to hear that um, from not just you, but that there's enough going on in the winter up there that like, yes, it's dark and dreary, but there's also like forced fun, it seems like. So there's enough uh, potential to get out there and enjoy it rather than just being like, oh no, it's winter. Um, I feel like winter's here, they're gray, but there's not enough snow to actually like play in. It's just kind of like, oh, it's gross out now. That's one thing I miss about living in Colorado is I used to love skate skiing and just like backcountry skiing. And I mean, shit, sledding is fine for me. So yeah, I will, I will enjoy doing all of the things. Um, so yeah, that's, that's good. I, and I am a fan of studded tires. I wiped out on the ice bad once without studded tires and I had an indentation that was identical to my pocket knife for about a month on my Ooh. hip. It's like, okay, that's not repeatable let's not do that again so yes big set of tire fan um i feel like we could talk oh. to you both for like hours yeah it's getting towards the end of the hour josh what what you i was gonna say i have a track bike that i can put like 40s on now or 42s Whoa. on so i can do 42s instead of tires on that bike for the winter Heck yeah <laughs> and i'm to track lacrosse on that yes <laughs> i'm ready for track lacrosse I, I used to have a fixed gear podcast that had all the big fixed gear people on. So super fun. I mean, we have a whole dedicated Facebook group to just fixed gear riders. So really? Yes. Yeah. It's not I, quite as big as New York, but it's awesome. It's fine. I got my people, my people. Yeah. I've, I awesome. like, I came into cycling. I, I grew up racing BMX and then in my twenties, whenever I saw track bikes, I was like, Oh, this is cool. And so I've been riding track bikes since I was like 22 and I'm like 36 now. So <laughs> that's not to hit on a sore subject, but there used to be a velodrome, right? Yep. And now, right. I know. Sorry. Just break everyone's heart real quick. Oh, sorry. The one I used to go to in Boulder closed. Yeah. That one too. Yeah. I'm buddies with Anna Schwinn. And I know that that was like, yeah, her full-time job. It seems like for a, a while to try to, to save that. Yeah. Well, that's a shitty way to just turn the tone Yay. down right before. It. <laughs> Sorry. Like, 
even from even from Denver we were watching it being and I've never even been there we were all just like watching the whole thing just like come on okay well that was a downer I do have one other thing that I noticed uh bike polo are you riding oh okay I was gonna say well that that could be a thing too but I used to play bike polo a million years ago there was like a tiny little squad of folks that played here and I'm like do I feel like just getting myself annihilated in that sort of way again? I'm not sure, but go it's good to know that with you. I'll do okay. it. I, uh, I don't have like, is it still a thing where you like chop off one of your handlebars so that you can swing better? Is I don't know. We, we were doing weird shit with our bikes here when we were doing that. Um, but yeah, it's just like everything. <laughs> all of it to do all of the things. I just love that in the Twin Cities, it seems like there's so many different like pockets of ways to be involved in bikes. It's not like you have to race or you have to, you know, do X, Y, Z. There's just a lot of ways to to kind of fit in, I guess. Oh, the one question I was going to ask you really quick. And then, like I said, I'll try to be respectful of your time and let you all continue with your day. But um, all types of bikes for all types of people. Do you feel like you have one area, like one demographic that you really see the most of? Like, is it a ton of commuters or is it a ton of something it is, it is a ton of commuters but we really do have like like business people and like houseless folks who we see every day we have regulars who are of both demographics and yeah we just like we rep i feel like the people who work at the hub also represent a lot of different people and we're in the middle of a really diverse city um and we see a lot of people we're each other's neighbors and yeah south minneapolis is like a cool spot and i feel like there's a big sense of community here and we do what we can to help each other out and that's i really love that about the hub yeah especially after everything that this community has been through in the last couple of years um you can really sense that the hub still standing is an important thing um, for, uh, you know, the small businesses around us that are trying to, you know, rebuild and the, the community at large really counts on us to, to help with, um, you know, teaching and having access to, to basically freedom uh, that they wouldn't otherwise have. So it's kind of an honor to be a part of it. Um, but community is definitely like the, the people is the thing about the hub. That is, that is like the focus. Beautiful. I don't think I can really say, yeah, anything that's going to top what you just said. I like that. Yeah, It's about people, but I, we also got to know what bikes y'all are riding before we head out. Uh, I mostly ride steel. I have my track bike is um, RIP Velodrome is um us in all city thunderdome because i was on anishman's team and we were sponsored by all city and um it probably yeah i love that bike um it's really hard to give up because it's fun to ride fixed here it's terrifying but um yeah mostly steel bikes uh a mix of road and kind of mountain style um there are super accessible mountain bike trails in minneapolis twin cities areas minnesota in general um it's awesome um I rode my Surly Pugsley yesterday and I'm about to ride Lil Beefy, that cross check that I bought from Sarah 10 years, 11 years ago, um, right when we're done here. So that's what I'm on mostly. I I used to only have my straggler 
which I just turned into a little watermelon bite because it was the salmon candy red color. Um, yes. And so, I was, yeah. Uh, but I just, just picked up a Sage Barlow, uh, which is a titanium frame set uh, made oh. in the USA and Oregon. So I'm Look at us all riding metal bikes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I said, look at us all riding metal bikes. I'm excited. So what did just say? What are you riding <laughs> right now? Well, golly, right now I ride an Orbea, um, which is a mid-drive mountain bike because in Omaha, the potholes are so bad. You got to roll like a two inch plus city tire in order to survive the craters. Was, um, that's uh, why yeah. I got the track lacrosse bike. That's why I got the track lacrosse bike. It was just for the city. Better tires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in the winter, I have an old, like, late 80s Bianchi Grizzly with studded tires and a three-speed internal hub. Um, I have a really old um, Trek touring bike with a basket on the front that I refused to get rid of because it was given to me by this adorable old couple when I used to have a bike and coffee shop in Colorado. Um, I've got a Bridgestone RB1 that I refuse to sell, even though I don't think that my body will ever really appreciate riding it. I also have a Bridgestone MB1 with an extra cycle trailer built on it. I just um, electrified a surly big dummy. So yeah, I got a problem, but it's it's not the problem. It's a solution, as we have just clearly discovered in this last hour with y'all. <laughs> <sighs> thank you, thank you, thank you so, thank so you. much for yeah taking an hour out of your day to uh chat with us any parting thoughts or we'll just you know we'll see you when we move up there yeah uh let's ride it's happening (laughs) it's going to happen lisa yeah yeah i'm in let's do it actually we should go bike camping yes yep yep i'm into that and that is it for this episode of car free midwest we're here almost every other week with interviews topics and documentary pieces covering all things transportation you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Carfree Midwest, or visit us at carfreemidwest.com. So subscribe now to Carfree Midwest wherever you listen to podcasts, and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash carfreemidwest. This podcast has been produced by me, Joshua LeBure. With support from Mode Shift Omaha, modeshiftomaha.org. And this is our sign-off. Good day. It's kind of a good day.